0: Welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl. Happy Pride! Happy Pride!
2: Woohoo! Yay! It's June 1st.
1: <laughs> it is. We're allowed to be gay for a whole month. Yay! <laughs> <This> <laughs> One <is it>.
2: month. <laughs> get all your gay in. <laughs> That's all you get. That's it. Um, no, but you know, this is the, the time of year that uh, Target sells <laughs> lots of excellent... <laughs> t-shirts and tank tops and uh, binders but only for june (laughs) yeah can i
0: say i thought it was really fitting i don't know if someone just put this in the wrong place or not or if this was intentional but our local target i was there the other day getting something unrelated to pride stuff but of course i saw the big pride display so i was like well i gotta (laughs) check that out and they had a bunch of like tumblers and like coffee cups and stuff um that all had like one had a rainbow and one like had like pronouns or something like that I don't know uh but then there was one next to it that just said I wish this was iced coffee (laughs) and it was just like a like a beige (laughs) cup it wasn't rainbow it wasn't anything like it just said that in black lettering on it I was like did they did they did they get
2: it that's they part of it. the pride collection. That's part of the oh, pride collection. <laughs> Maybe someone
0: put it in the wrong place. I don't know, but it looks like it was made to be there. Like it looked like it was set in
2: that lineup of all those cups.
1: They got an insider working on their designs. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna see you're gonna see one that's just a U Haul on it. <laughs> they just got a little container of carabiners there. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I almost bought it. Yeah, I didn't. I was in a rush. I told myself I had to stop. (laughs) Charlie wants to go check out all the Pride stuff. She's heard about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how kids find out about. Like, how does my seven-year-old know that Target has a Pride collection, (laughs) and that she wants to go look at it?
1: I don't know. YouTube, the the internet, the internet, discoursing about the Pride collection. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I was like, we can. uh, We'll we'll go somewhere where they sell stuff like that all year long.
0: (laughs) I've gotten her to really enjoy target because of our trips we will take to just go find squishmallows Mm -hmm. and get starbucks so now i've recruited her into the generation of young adults that just like to go walk around target
1: (laughs) well and i i I, i've heard this from a friend so i don't know if this is actually true but apparently they teamed up with a lot of like queer designers this year so there's a lot of
2: Oh, that's good. Oh, good. Good
1: people being benefited by it. You know, actual people in the community that are making money off of it. So yeah. I don't know. That's good. That yeah. is good. Hence, hence the
2: iced coffee.
0: There you go. Yeah, there was an insider. <laughs> um, I, I. Riley. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, no, they they had a lot of stuff that wasn't just like a rainbow flag on a t shirt, which I appreciated. Um.
1: That, that horrible rainbow suit that quit a few years ago. <laughs> you know like what did the gays want? Oh, this is fine. This is a little suit, the rainbow, the l- whole thing.
2: We think they like rainbows. <laughs> that's the best. We that's all we've got. We don't know. No. Should we hire one? Ooh, I don't no. know. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I uh. I don't know if this cell is—is me working extensively in my herb garden. Is that celebrating Pride Month? I think that counts. Does that count? (laughs) Is
0: that I walked in this morning. Not for us, but it's for us. You were fully just invested in what was going on in your laptop that you didn't even notice I walked in. Mm -hmm. You said, "Oh, hey, I was researching why my basil isn't growing."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my basil leaves are my basil plant. My pesto basil plant is very small. Mm -hmm. My my How are we basil. ever going to make pesto? <laughs> I well, I'm worried about this. My <laughs> cinnamon basil and my Thai sweet basil are both great. They're fantastic. They're huge. But my pesto basil is not. I think you
1: could use those other basils and pesto if you really need to. Uh,
2: Give it a probably. little bit I'm, more space. They they do I mean they have similar flavor profiles, but
1: anyway. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's a, you know, it's a very much a blanket statement, but I think most people would agree with it. Like, hey, fellas, are herbs kind of gay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I, I think it was highlighted by, like, I was working to, like, you, you have to prune them, period. You have to pick the leaves to encourage growth. So I was working on my herbs all morning, reading about them and, like, checking, you know, getting them, getting them in good shape. And then um, I picked some lavender and I... <laughs> I I got some cheesecloth <laughs> and I made like a little sachet with lavender and I that like, you sewed clothes. I sewed clothes. I I put I made a drawstring and and took a little ribbon to for Riley because lavender is good for anxiety and I know that you have a stressful opening weekend coming up too. So. It was
0: very sweet. It's just when you told me you sewed, I was just sitting there looking at it like what? <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs>
2: You what? It's just like nice. a, this is a drawstring. It's not too hard.
0: I've never seen you sew a single thing
1: all my 21 years on this planet. I know how to stitch human flesh. I was going to say, she might not know how to sew, but she you knows how to suture. So there's got to be so I guess that's fair. I guess this was This was easier than
2: sewing skin. Well, I imagine. <laughs> to be fair,
0: I've never seen you sew human skin. So I know it's a skill you have. I've just never witnessed it
2: firsthand. As I was making it, I thought I should turn on the theme song to Practical Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Pride. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the girls, the, the, Charlie and Cooper, part of their like nightly ritual now is they go out to the lavender bush and pick a little bud off the lavender bush and put it under
1: their pillow before they go to sleep. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> That's that is drink. very sweet. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I make some lavender simple syrup. I, I bought some lavender at the farmer's market, but I've got a, a container of lavender simple syrup in my fridge now, and I use it in coffee and tea and cocktails. Ooh, it's very mm-hmm. easy. Sounds yeah. good.
2: Well, you are welcome to any of my herbs next time (laughs) you (laughs) are here.
1: You are welcome to my herb on that. I'll I'll hit up your herbs.
2: I need to figure out what to do. Some of the basil has gone to flower, which isn't ideal, but like I am sure there is a use for the flowers. Some something syrupy or scented or something like that. Like, I think I mean I think you can eat all of it, but like that doesn't always. Usually, once it goes to flower, you start to get more bitter flavor in there. Anyway, welcome to Still Gardening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now a great garden podcast and a horrible uh, youth culture podcast.
1: Oh no! We're still
0: a bad cereal podcast. Still a bad cereal, the worst podcast. cereal podcast. <laughs> um, good gardening podcast now.
1: I like that we managed to get that cereal ad, even though we're such a bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't let magic spoons know. <laughs> Serial podcast, we are. We're clearly tell, tell not. not tell them. Not that bad. Hey, <laughs>
2: uh, um, I don't. I wasn't listening to the Practical Magic soundtrack because instead, there you go. You were listening to Harry's House. That's right. Yes. I also, by the way, couldn't remember the name of the album, <laughs> and so instead of what would be what would make sense, just look up Harry, Harry Styles, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what would make sense. No, I sat there thinking it had house in it. And I looked up the House of Harry, <laughs> which did lead me eventually to Harry's house. And I thought, why did I think it was the House of Harry?
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess in a sense, Harry's house does also mean the House of Harry.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I was looking up. We're not going for an
0: idea here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harry Styles just released his third album, Harry's House, on uh, May 20th, like two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. thought we could talk about it. Yes. Because I, I enjoy Harry Styles mm-hmm. um, I will say though I was not a directioner As you might say I think sure. we talked about this when we talked about Fine Line um, I was of the generation That was a big One Direction mm-hmm. fan generation Because we were like 12 or what? 13 When they were a thing
1: Wait, wait, the fans were called Directioners? Mm-hmm. So like Wonders was right there And they went with Directioners? Directioners Directioners? That's what I knew. got gathered
0: from my time spent on the internet at that point <laughs> in my life, but I wasn't a part of them. This um, there's probably someone out there that'll tell me I'm wrong.
2: I say that as someone I say this as someone who has great love and affection for um, everything British. We know this. This is this is a known fact about mm-hmm. about me. Um, that's a very British thought. We'll call them directioners. Well, they were all British. <laughs> that's what I One mean. One of them was know, Irish, but the I'm rest saying. of them were British. That, that's a very, that's a very British. Yeah. Just directioners. Directions right there. We'll just call them directioners. Right it's very practical. Yeah. It's very, yes, I can see that. Uh-huh. Okay. Moving on. We have named them. Moving on. There we go. Next thing. <laughs> we uh, <have>, that's settled.
0: <laughs> I was not a directioner. I knew a few of their songs, like the big hits, but I was not a big fan. Um, but I did become a big Harry Styles fan when he kind of beyonce his way out of the group. <laughs> beyonce. I mean, I think that's the verb for when you're in a group mm-hmm. band, and then one of them like becomes a solo artist that's mm-hmm. super famous, right? Yeah, like that's Beyonceing. Um, but yeah, then he Beyonce'd and became very popular, and I've more recently become a fan of his. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I uh, I have to say, I like this better than the last album you had us listen mm-hmm. to. I enjoyed this more. Um, not that I didn't enjoy the other one, but I just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, this was more my kind of... It felt uh throwback. Yeah. Is that
0: intentional? I think so. Uh, a lot of his influences, including the name of the album, came from 70s, 80s stuff. It felt 80s. Album songs. I think there was actually... Oh, I don't want to say the wrong person. I want to say Joni Mitchell. Yeah, had a song that had Harry's house. In oh, I didn't know that. The title.
2: Um, Joni Mitchell also featured on the Practical Magic soundtrack. Yes, pulling it all together. <laughs> on her
0: on her 1975 album, The Hissing of Summer Lawns, there was a track called Harry's House slash centerpiece. Ah, so um, that was from 75. Okay. So, A lot of 70s, 70s, 80s influences in some of the bigger hits.
1: Well, I also saw that it was, the name is also partially from, uh, there was a 70s, like a Japanese pop pop artist who Mm -hmm. had an album called Hosono House, Mm. so it was sort of homage to that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. I can see that. Harry Styles feels like, as an individual, he feels 70s to me. (laughs) Yeah, I he mean, he seems like a throwback to the seventies. The album, I felt like there were moments of it that felt a little eighties yeah, to me. I, I've been yeah. watching Stranger Things, and I felt like th- it fit the pastiche <laughs> of what I've been watching. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. My my impression, and I don't know how else to phrase this. And this isn't a negative. I I was listening to. It, I was like, is this what is this what music for well adjusted people sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's not angry it's not sad it's not mournful it's not weird this is just like pleasant mm-hmm. and and it's about nice things and it's not too desperate about any of those nice things it's just it, it's just this is just what music that, for people that don't have any like real big stuff to to get over they just just vibes
2: yeah it is but you know what i i i agree with you completely I do think it's a little more substantial, though, than the last album. Mm -hmm. Like there was something in it because what you're describing usually is music that I don't necessarily enjoy as much because I like music to be a little meaty. You like high stakes in your music. Yeah. I like (laughs) something that I can like latch on to. If it's too fluffy, it just floats away from me. And I, I don't know. I can't I can't latch on to it. This gave me something to latch on to a little more so. But I agree with you. It also is. It's not It's not a downer. It's not a bummer. Yeah. It's no. not... Yeah. Th- no, it's It's happy, affirming. It's what I... When I heard Watermelon Sugar, I went and sought out more Harry Styles. And I, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I didn't feel like it was, oh, I wanted more like that. And I didn't feel like it was all like yeah. that. This is that. Yeah.
0: I think that's true. I think Watermelon Sugar fits very well in with, like, as it was in Late Night Talking, like, that mm-hmm. kind of vibe from this yeah. album. Yeah. Um, And even Matilda, which is my favorite song on this album, I think, I don't know, I've only listened to it too many times since it's Mm -hmm. been out. Um, But it's about not necessarily like, pleasant subject matter, but the way in which he tells the story and the way the song is composed is very, like, hopeful Mm -hmm. and uplifting. It's not down. It's about a girl who came from like a bad home. Mm-hmm. Life situation, and then finally moved out. And um, basically, saying, like, it's okay that you grew up and left, and you don't need the family that didn't love you,
2: mm-hmm. which is very sweet. Cause it's very sad, but also a good um, reminder during Pride Month. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, found
1: families can, yeah, that they- we get to choose our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Paul said in that one episode of Drag Race, something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ripple said it.
1: Ripple. Broom.
0: (laughs) Broom. (laughs) Sydney, you just need to watch more Drag Race. I don't know know what's happening.
1: If nothing else, I feel like Sydney you would you would you would love Jinx Monsoon, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. Jinx Monsoon doing Judy Garland is just the best thing to come out of television in the last like decade.
1: that that's pride. That, there you go. That's
0: pride. <laughs> is this my camera? Uh, um,
1: but but you know that that's that song. Uh, Matilda was the song that I enjoyed the most too. But mm-hmm. but I also recognize. Well, this is the one that is about the most uncomfortable s- subject matter on the whole album. Of course, that's the one I like the
0: most. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also felt, and I only say this because I uh, we're talking about music. Of course, I'm going to mention Taylor Swift. But there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. between current fans of Harry Styles and fans of Taylor Swift
2: Hmm. which
0: they dated in
2: the past right I was wondering
1: about that yeah
2: isn't the one golden something isn't that about him oh um not his song
0: golden you mean um gold rush yes that is the rumor but I mean he also has a song look at that I I know I know I know threw out there he just knew that yeah It's also a song on this album, on Harry's album, called Daylight. Uh And Taylor's album, Lover, had a song on it called Daylight. So everyone asked him, like, is this about Taylor? And he said, no. (laughs) He said, we're friends. And I know people like to speculate, but no. (laughs) Uh, He's dating Olivia Wilde. Oh. Jason Sudeikis' ex-wife.
2: I don't know how to feel about any of that.
0: Yeah, um, but that's I who. Mean, I hope some they're all the happy. Are like I yeah.
2: wish them all well. You know, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, and of course Jason Sudeikis. How do we get? Them all well. How do we get here?
0: How did I, I get know. to this? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, Matilda. It feels the most like Taylor Swift's recent, evermore and folklore. Like the vibes mm-hmm. of those songs. Some of them were about some heavier stuff, but written in almost the same way that feels very Mm -hmm. soft. It feels the closest to that vibe to me because her most recent albums don't have a lot of dancey, upbeat pop stuff like some of the singles from this album.
2: Um, It's something that I always thought Ben Folds was good at. He wrote a lot of songs where and I don't think you've listened to Ben Folds as much, Mm -mm. where it's a story about Mm -hmm. someone. It's not necessarily anything to do with himself. It's Mm -hmm. just a story about someone and some of them are very like sad or heavy but still the music is it doesn't make you sad yeah i don't know it's emotional without being yeah like a downer right well it seems like something
0: he wrote not necessarily for himself but for people he knows that experience that Mm -hmm. for them to have yeah maybe it was for himself i don't know his personal life but you know what i mean it doesn't seem like when artists will write songs about like a breakup they've been through or like mm-hmm. something they've been through on their own. And it feels like they're writing about their experience. This feels like something he wrote about, I don't know if there's a real girl named Matilda. I mean, I assume not the one from like the Roald doll book.
1: Uh, apparently that was part of the influence on the name I read. Really? Oh. Yeah. Like it's, there was somebody in his life that he knew that he'd had a, he'd heard, had a really hard life and kind of wrote this uh-huh. inspired by her, but the name came from the, the book.
0: Oh. I just figured it was like a name that kind of fit the the aesthetic mm-hmm. but also like three syllables so I don't know if that fits better in whatever scheme he was working
2: with <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed it was from the book I am certain that syllables had something to do with it but yeah like, I mean if you're a songwriter but, that has to be part of it but it is a beautiful name yeah
0: and I didn't know that came from the book it's interesting because that of course is immediately what you think of when you hear Matilda mm-hmm. I mean I don't know what else I don't know anyone with that name in real life, so of course I immediately think of the girl with.
2: I don't think I know magical
0: mind was. powers.
2: Yeah. It was on my list. Mm-hmm. I was going to say names. that
1: sounds like something you would name your kids. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was on my list. <laughs> oh, you used yeah. up your two.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no, I am done. <laughs> but it was on the list. Oh, I was going to say part of like the the sort of it's it's pleasant, but like I think what you're saying is it's not detached in a bad way, but it's just like. You know when you when you're sing- when you're writing or singing about something you've gone through, sometimes it, it would have a tendency to be more emotionally charged, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this feels a little bit more resolved, a little bit more pleasant. Even yes. whatever you're singing about, I just wonder how much is like starting with the fan base he had in One Direction, and as they grow up, he's kind mm. of continuing that role of being like, the, the you know perfect guy that's singing about things that you can relate to like not that it's prescribed but I, th- I think he's still kind of singing to the same audience you know so I'm fulfilling that role
0: yeah I mean I think that's definitely true um because I would say that probably a majority of his current fan base is around my age probably slightly older maybe a little bit younger but not like a lot of younger younger like 12 13 year olds that were his main fan base when he mm-hmm. was in one direction and i think that's because it was a lot of people that started out as fans of his when he was in one direction and then grew up and followed his career um which is similar that, to taylor swift it, exactly it all comes back to her always <laughs> all, all comes back around
2: is that your goal with every topic you pick just to, mm-hmm. how can i tie it back to taylor
0: swift, and sometimes so? the ones you all pick too <laughs> that's true <laughs> Spend a whole week thinking how I can fit it in.
1: What is nice though? I mean, because, you know, it's something I think it's two choices that artists make where it's like, do I keep trying to make the same kind of music and your audience just outgrows you, but then younger people listen to you and it's fine? Or do you grow up with your audience? Mm
2: -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I also think that it it really shows like the difference in time, like society wise, societally between 2012 and 2022. Like, One Direction to Harry Styles. Like, his whole aesthetic of as, of him as a person has changed into something that fits more into modern times than what he mm-hmm. was then. I mean, he said that, like, that boy band image was not necessarily him, but it was what was marketable. Mm-hmm. And it was what was, like, good at the time and what made them yeah. popular. But now, I mean, he's been very open about, like... Not dressing in any way that he thinks is like gender conforming or normative or anything like that, and he doesn't, you know, play by society's rules um, of a, of gender. He's a bad
1: boy, but a nice bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> good bad boy. Uh, his, you know, uh, man, his fashion and like wear whatever you want. I have no no judgment on other people's self expression. But I do think it's funny that I've seen like some pushback from, I don't know, like, oh, he's he's dressing in like a non-gendered fashion and lots of other people have been doing that. But he's getting recognition for it. Yeah. And like when I see him like on a cover where like I saw there was a picture of him wearing like pink lycra shiny pants and like a pilgrim Mm -hmm. hat. I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to claim that. That's not. I don't want to say that that's queer representation. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not us. Don't No, he can do his thing, but let's not say that's us.
0: It really seems like it's like, now hold on, someone help him out. It's okay if he wants to not wear just like, quote unquote, male clothes, mm-hmm. but someone help him figure out what's going on here.
1: Yeah. He just like <laughs> fell into a, a pile of costumes, just put on what stuck to him and like, yeah. And everyone went like, well, it's Harry Styles. Like, he's, he's whatever he wears, he's going to look good at. But, you know, maybe, like he just maybe adds- some editing.
0: Yeah, he Uh, just adds a feather boa to everything. It's like, well, I mean,
2: okay, but is that really, is that what fashion is? I I love the idea that there's like, there's like (laughs) jerks out there, like representing toxic masculinity who are like, look at that. See, look what, this is what. You know the gay community has done to Harry Styles, and the gay community's like, oh, uh,
1: actually, no, no, no mm, <laughs> that's not us. Uh,
2: that's not, that's not. We we had no us. hand in that. He's oh. Doing his own
1: thing, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're fine
2: with good, that. I but support it. <laughs> but
1: let's not say it's our thing.
2: <laughs> that's not us. <laughs> uh, before we talk more about Harry Styles, um, let's check the group message. Uh, well. I want to tell you all about cereal.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: <laughs> I want to reclaim our status as a great cereal podcast and tell you about Magic Spoon, because it's a great cereal. Um, there are a lot of times where <laughs> you're uh, looking for a yummy treat, something that will taste good, but also like give you all the things you need to keep you going, like protein and all that. Um, and maybe you're also trying not to eat a lot of sugar. Well, Magic Spoon has you covered on all those fronts. And of course, it's a great breakfast option, but it's, a I mean, let's all be honest, cereals and anytime food. It has uh, zero grams of sugar. It's got 13 to 14 grams of protein in each serving. So that's great. It's uh, gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. So if you have special dietary needs for your uh, yummy snack products, it's got you covered. Um, And you can build your own box. So they've got flavors and then you can tell them exactly what you want in there together. So there's uh, cocoa, there's fruity, there's frosted, there's peanut butter, there's cookies and cream, there's maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, honey nut, whatever you want. You can build your own box. You can eat these flavors. They're all delicious. Um, And like I said, they, they don't have sugar and they got some protein in there. And that's great. Even more exciting, Magic Spoon just brought back their cereal bars. So if you're like me, and breakfast is almost always on the go. Uh this is this is perfect for you. It's convenient, you grab it, it's it's yummy and it has all the uh all the wonderful qualities we just talked about with Magic Spoon except in a convenient little bar. Not little bar. A convenient appropriately sized, perfectly packaged bar there you go for your breakfast needs. Uh, so Taylor, if our, if our listeners want to check out Magic Spoon, what should they do? Well,
1: they should go to magicspoon.com slash buffering to grab a custom bu- bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code buffering at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com buffering and use the code buffering to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode.
0: So I want to talk about something that we kind of talked about before we started um, recording very briefly, which is um, like social media and tiktok specifically being used to market music now Mm -hmm. and like market albums um one of the things that he did which i think is interesting that i mean maybe has been done before i'm just not aware of it because i don't go to a lot of music festivals or concerts um two of the songs off this album he played as part of his set at coachella before the album had ever been released so like there were videos of these songs that people had never heard before that then were being spread on the internet of these songs that had never been heard and hadn't Mm -hmm. been released and wouldn't be released for another like month or whatever before the album came out um and i have to assume that was intentional one to like show off new music but also knowing that people are always filming every minute of every concert they go to and knowing that that will be put on social media, and then everyone starts talking, like, getting hype up about, like, oh, those must be songs off his new album. Where did those come from? I've never heard those before, which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and that, you know, in the day, that would have been, like, your radio single. Mm-hmm. Right. That you release ahead of the whole album coming out. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and he did that with one song, uh, with As It Was. He released, uh, a, like, a month before the album came out, maybe a little bit over a month. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only single that was like formally released, though, before the album came out. And a lot of artists recently will do like several singles with music videos with them and stuff. And he did that. He had a music video that came out with "As It Was." But uh, Tay, you were talking about the the TikTok trend. Well, yeah, I've seen that. As it was
1: that that go around, and I was wondering. Cause, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not a. I, I don't think it's an organic thing that happened. Like people started doing it. Like, I, my suspicion is, was this like a a product that was made along with the release to start a trend to make the song popular? Cause it feels like that must be part of marketing music now, right? Is that that we're at? What, right? is, what yeah. is the TikTok thing?
2: Um, Tay, hey, do you want to describe it? Well, I don't, <laughs> I haven't, I don't think
1: I've come across this. I mean, it's usually just like people reflecting on things that have changed in their lives right yes that's, that's yeah. kind of it
0: because <laughs> the song is like i the refrain is i it i know it's not the same as it was right so it's a lot of like pictures of life then at this point in someone's life oh okay. and now like i know it's not the same as it was here oh okay. whatever like using the song as a, um, a background I, for that
2: i can't picture those i i don't feel like I've seen those TikToks but then at the same time the song felt familiar to me when I heard it.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean it has been very popular. I was wrong. It came out April 1st so like six weeks before the album ever came out. So it was out and very popular for a while um, before the rest of the album but I noticed the TikTok trend um, when the song first came out and then I happened to stumble across on my For You page um, Halsey on TikTok who i don't even listen to very much um but i mean i obviously am aware that she is a very popular artist mm-hmm. uh posting h- conversations that she claimed she recorded genuinely recorded conversations with her agent telling her in order to be able to release new songs that she had written that she wanted to release she had to tease them on tiktok and make tiktoks to make the Teaser bits of the songs very popular mm-hmm. before she would be allowed to release the songs, and she had to make TikToks about them.
2: Was she releasing these conversations as like a criticism? Yes. Okay.
0: And a lot of people were saying, "Well, how do I know this isn't part of it?" Yeah. To hype up your new <laughs> songs, that like you're quote unquote recording these conversations with mm-hmm. your agent, mm-hmm. um, and these aren't real either. But then there were several other musicians that jumped in and said, like, yeah, I released music last month, but only because I w- I was only allowed to because my agent or label or whatever made me release X-Men of TikToks advertising it. Because um, that's a very common thing. I don't know if this is something you all see, but a lot of people, especially ones that aren't necessarily, like, signed musicians, like, with established fan bases, like, ones that create music on the internet, mm-hmm. um, will release 30-second, 45-second bits of songs and then play them in TikToks over and over and over again and basically say, like, if this gets this many likes or this many Mm -hmm. shares or this many views, then I'll drop the song. Really? Yeah. So that's become a very popular marketing tool for a lot of people that aren't even necessarily popular musicians that will get, like, one really huge single that gets downloaded millions of times because it blew up in a TikTok they made. So I guess musicians that are already established, they're Mm-hmm. Teams saw this happening and have encouraged them to do the same thing. That's interesting. I didn't.
2: Yeah. I didn't know that they did that.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't be too cynical about it because it makes sense. I, you know, getting people to just hear the song is such an effort of getting people to, or such a big part of getting people to like a song. Like, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Like back in our day, it was just getting something to play on repeat in the radio, on the radio. But like, there's so many songs from like my high school era that I'll hear, and I'm like, do I like this song or do I just know it? I don't know. yeah right <laughs> no know lyrics, i mean that definitely like it
2: <laughs> yeah that definitely happens no yeah. I, but i mean i can see you know that was the only reason there are some songs that i am very familiar with because i have heard the same 20 seconds on tiktok over and right. over and over again um but i didn't know who did them or anything
0: yeah um i i don't know it it seems like one, it's a smart marketing tool. And I said all that pro- to say probably yes. The whole trend with As It Was was someone who was an advertiser for Harry Styles mm-hmm. in some way using that song as a trend and it being paid to be sponsored and blown up and shown on X amount of feeds and stuff like that, uh, that then came from that that's always been my assumption with most tiktok trends that use sure. songs though because yeah. i've even seen that happen with songs that like i know there was a doja cat song that blew up right at the beginning of like quarantine like early mm-hmm. 2020 and she'd been releasing music for a while before that but she wasn't necessarily very popular and then out of nowhere one of her songs that had been released a year before became immensely popular on tiktok and then she blew up mm-hmm. in general um so i don't know if that maybe that was just coincidental but it really seems like it might just be a smart marketing ploy to like make something viral because even if it's only viral for a few days or a week like there's all those downloads to your song Mm -hmm. and then your name is out there and then everyone knows you wrote this song that is on this trend even if you don't know who wrote it like oh that's the as it was trend yeah that's the
2: um, Lizzo trend or dance or whatever I don't know but and then Charlie and Cooper telling me about it and trying to do the dances Um, exactly
0: (laughs) um So I know it does seem like it's smart marketing, but I could also see from the standpoint of I want to release music I wrote. I don't like being an influencer or advertiser or like, you know, marketing myself. I like writing music. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what Halsey was trying to say in her TikToks was like, I don't do this so I can make TikToks that blow up. I do it because I enjoy writing music that means something to me and sharing it with you all and I want to be able to share this with you all, but I'm not allowed to until I make TikToks about it.
2: Mm. I don't, I mean, I mean, so, I I don't, I you don't know, know, allowed and all that, like, that's a problem. Uh, and I mean, right. we I don't, I know that the music industry, like, there are endless problems with the way they treat yeah. artists. Like, obviously, that's always been true. But at the same time, I mean, I think what you're getting down to, and Taylor, maybe you could speak about this more than me, because I'm not an artist in any sense of the word. <laughs> But, I mean, I think it depends if you're creating things for your own enjoyment in the sense that you you love the process and what making a thing. And then the next part of that is do you want people to see it or hear it or experience it? And if that is important to you, are you willing to use the tools that are available to make that happen? And, I mean, I I don't know. That part of it isn't. I mean, it's not something that I have to ask uh, for myself. Yeah,
1: But now I don't. Just, just to clarify, Sydney, you're a writer and you, you also are a poet and you're very good at that. So you, you are very much an artist. It's true. Yeah, just, oh, just to, well. you know.
0: And an artist of the parody song. Yeah. Also well, that. Thank <laughs> well, thank you.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, that's, I, I think that's a good question because if it's not affecting the integrity of the art, if you're not designing the art to sell, you're just trying to use today's mechanisms of getting things to be heard to get it out there. I mean, I don't know. I'm very past the whole like, no, I make art for art's sake. I do it alone yeah. in my house and I hide it under <laughs> my bed when it's done. Like, no, I <laughs> artists meant to communicate. You make it right. to communicate with people in the ways, the tools you have. So it's, I don't think there's any shame in using the current tools of communication to get it out there. But if you're... infringing on the integrity of your art in order to make Mm -hmm. it more palatable or more shareable that's where i think you cross the line which is probably part of it too i mean corporate music probably yes there's an element of we we know this making things in an appealing way but that's a whole other element you know
0: yeah i mean i'd say that there are rules they're already playing by in terms of what they're allowed to release or not like artists don't just i mean at least very like huge ones like Harry Styles or Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift or Halsey or whatever. They don't just release songs as they write them. Like you don't just get like one or two song drops from artists like that throughout the year. Usually they wait until they have a fully realized album that then the album gets teased and then maybe there's a single for that and there's a music video and then there's a release date and all that. Then there's bonus tracks, like There's already a whole system in place for that to sell more,
2: and you could make the argument too. Like, obviously, if you're under a contractual obligation, that's what you got to do. But once you're famous enough, if you're not under a contractual obligation for your next album or whatever, you could do that if you wanted. Yeah. But the problem is, you won't make money that way, right? Like, if you just like, I made this song and I want to share it with you, so I'm just gonna do it on whatever social media or wherever. You know, I'm gonna make a YouTube video, whatever you're gonna do. Obviously, if your platform is big enough, people will experience Mm -hmm. it. But that's not how you... Streaming isn't how people... That's make, not how you make a bunch don't make of money. money. Yeah. So I mean, so it's like... I don't know. I guess it depends on if you want to make money for right. it or not. Yeah. Usually, yes. Which is... Very, I mean, that's a very...
0: <laughs> yeah. Usually, yes, right? Yeah. Like, Especially I, if that's your career. Like, if that's what you rely on, then yes.
2: Yes. Then you want to... And, and so then if you do want to make money, there are, there are ways proven to ensure that... And I mean, obviously, then somebody else gets to make money off you, right. too. But... yeah.
1: Well, I think that, I don't know. that's more of the same, that sort of weird moral purity we we uh, assign to artists. It's like, no, I I both want people to see this and I want to make money off of it. Yes, it is the thing I do. It, I would like it to do mm-hmm. both of those things. It doesn't stop be having integrity because I want it to support me and also be experienced by lots of people. I don't know. I don't know yes. how we got those beliefs baked into the idea of an artist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you have to accept when you start, like, when you become an adult, developing your own music taste, especially with people like Harry Styles, who I love very much as an artist and musician. I like all of his music a lot. Um, and I don't think he's, like, a a bad person. I'm not saying this is, like, a <laughs> criticism of him.
2: But as far as we know, at this point... As, know, mean, as far as we know, he seems good. As far as we know.
0: Can't trust anyone these days. Um, But, like, do I think that sometimes some of his stuff about Needing to not wanting to dress in a certain way, or like wanting to do magazine covers and dresses, Mm -hmm. or like walk red carpets and like half typical masculine, half typical feminine like clothing. Do I sometimes think some of that is a way to get attention brought to him in the media to then boost like him as an artist? Probably sometimes, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Again, I think it's like if this is, a, this is not a bad mm-hmm. thing to bring awareness to that we have a very heteronormative gender binary society that we need to stop caring about. That's an important thing to talk about, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily like a thing that he really cares about well, that much or if it's a thing that is used in sure. a way to like separate him from his boy band identity and bring in an era of listeners and of fans that don't that didn't like him then but w-
2: would like this version of him which is what all artists yes do i mean musical art like that that is part of it yeah you're, you're you know i mean and a lot of not just like musical artists like anybody who's famous yeah. and like on a smaller scale we all do yeah you know we are all constantly i mean i know like okay i decided I was not going to wear dresses and skirts anymore because I don't like them and Mm -hmm. I've never liked them. And I also part of that was I like people to see me, you know, in a certain way. I like the way I am dressing and looking. Mm -hmm. And then I realized at some point, like, I'm I actually do like this one dress and I am gonna. (laughs) there's this one dress I have that actually I do still enjoy wearing and I am going to wear it. And I was, but I was trying to send a message like this is who I am now. I'm powerful and I'm strong, and I I don't I didn't em- I don't embrace the femininity that I used to. But also I do like this dress, so I am going to wear this mm-hmm. dress. So like I mean we all make those choices every single day when we go out into the world and leave the house and let people take us yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Um. This just he has to do it on stage, <laughs> right?
1: Well, you know, there, there's degrees to that because we started talking about Target and like. The idea of creating pride clothes or appealing to like a non, you know, gendered fashion sense purely to sell things, there. I think we can agree that's kind of bad. That's a little mm-hmm. repugnant. But if it's you know if it falls in line with your with your feelings, your opinions about things, and it's also something that you know society is it demands. I think I think that's when it works, right? Like it's not yeah. full artifice. It's just it's a trend, but it's one that I i i relate to or i feel is important to address with my you know my my power at society is harry styles
0: right and also just i think he's using it to kind of identify his like eras if you will associated with each of his albums that's Mm -hmm. i don't know if this was a thing like before social media made this a thing but like taylor swift had her eras like how she dressed when she released red and how she dressed when she released in 1989 it was very different and you could look at pictures of her and know what era she was in mm-hmm. um i think he does a lot of that to kind of identify his eras that also kind of match the vibe of the album mm-hmm. i mean even on the cover of harry's house he's wearing like bell bottom jeans and like a very like flowy white tunic top shirt thing that looks very like 70s 80s sure that Is not necessarily hyper masculine, yeah, but not necessarily feminine. It
1: it looked like, uh, Sid, you remember those many years where for every Halloween you would just be a hippie? Yeah, it looked like what you would wear when you would do your hippie Halloween. That
2: is what it looks like when I was, and I was basically just wearing stuff that I wore to school anyway, but just in a configuration that specifically communicated with like a headband. Yeah, yes, yeah, that is what it looks like. (laughs) get some of those little teeny sunglasses that are like pink or whatever (laughs) um
0: but yeah he's also breaking into acting if you all are interested olivia wilde his girlfriend is directing a film Mm. i think it's called don't worry darling and florence Pugh is the other lead actor
2: oh that's where they that's where they met like she didn't like Cast him in right. I movie. think they met. They doing met that. Doing the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, um,
0: but there's been lots of jokes on the internet about Florence Pugh and Harry Styles starring in a movie together. It's like bisexuals and pansexuals just losing their <laughs> minds over
1: the two of them together. Which is true. Well, he's also good. He's also going to be a, a Marvel guy, right? Yes. Be, yes, uh, uh, Thanos' brother. What? He's playing Eros. Yes. Whose yes, brother? that's right. Whose brother? Big purple guy that tried in the world. Half oh. the world. He's playing his brother? Yeah.
0: What are they? Like the Eternals or something like that? Is that what
1: Yeah, called? he showed up at the end of Eternals. Yeah. He's in there somewhere. Don't worry about he's
2: it. He's
0: in there. He's in the
2: MCU. And so I don't, is Florence Pugh. I've only seen bits and pieces. I really need to see Doctor Strange too. still. Oh, yeah, you yeah. do. It's so good. I know. There's so much Scarlet Witch, I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Right, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. There you oh, those go. Are it's like Lawrence. <laughs> yes, smiles. please. Yes, please. <laughs> I love these characters. These two it's favorites. Perfect. One movie. I, I know. I
0: know. Um, before we wrap up our conversation, this album, I am curious to know what your all's favorite songs were, and we talked about Matilda. I don't know if that was.
2: Well, I liked Raider. Or... as it was. I didn't know it was like the bop. I feel like ba- I feel single. basic now is the thing it's and a I little didn't, basic. I but apparently I am basic cuz it was my favorite one it was the one that I, I listened listened the whole thing and then I returned to listen to that one I was like yeah that was the one I
1: mm-hmm. liked yeah um yeah I mean Matilda was definitely the one that I, I liked the most but there I, th- I thought a lot of them were pleasant I liked uh I like grape juice I like mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. wine of course of course I yeah. like it <laughs> um I thought "Satellite" was enjoyable. I like the imagery of that yeah. song. He does. He, he has a lot of really nice imagery in a lot of his songs. Actually, there are a couple songs that just had a list of pleasant things as part of the, yep. <laughs> the, the verse, which was nice.
2: Yep, they really are no thoughts, just vibes. Is that <laughs> oh what you God. is that what you say? Oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is that it. wrong? No thoughts, that? just vibes. Was that wrong? I thought that that's was good. What, I thought was good. What, you young people say you sound like a tiktok teen (laughs) is that wrong
0: that's very good
2: i don't know am i am i saying something mean i don't mean to be mean i just meant that's how it feels that's not mean i i get what you mean
0: um i like late night talking for that exact reason because there's something about the beat when it comes on where i'm just like yes this mm -hmm. is
2: good yeah
0: that's also why I like music for a sushi restaurant cuz I can't understand half of what he's saying uh-huh. during that song. But it's just the ba ba ba. Yeah, bah,
1: bah. I, I looked up the <laughs> lyrics like, yeah, to that. Right. It's a little it's a, they're a little silly. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, a little silly. Really silly. Well, and I was curious about the name and apparently it's because he was in a sushi restaurant and he heard one of his other songs come on and he's like, "Well, this is not appropriate music for a sushi restaurant." And so I guess he decided to write a song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, this is music for a sushi restaurant. Right? It's just,
1: it's sort of pleasant. It's in the background. It's it's vaguely referencing some things you might encounter in a sushi restaurant, uh-huh. but not, you know, not too directly.
0: Like, at one point, I heard, like,
1: fried rice.
0: Yeah. Like, put an egg on it. Yeah. I <laughs> like, can cook all right, an egg on That's
1: weird. All right.
0: All right. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> um, yeah, all around, I really enjoy this album. I think, as a whole, this is my favorite album he's put out. Mm-hmm. There are some really good songs from other ones that I enjoy just as much, but as a whole... I like this album most. Yeah. That
2: yeah. seems and to be a general consensus. And it's a good summer album. Yes. It's good for yeah. this time of year.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, it's, it's not a negative to have well, an album be able to kind of sit in the background and just be enjoyable, not, you know, engage right. your emotions to the 10th degree.
0: It doesn't hurt to listen to it. No. You can just vibe to it.
1: No pain here.
2: Yeah. That's a good thing.
0: Well, thank you all for listening with me to Harry's House. Well,
2: thank you. Of thank course, you. I don't. I don't know that I would have uh, sought it out if you hadn't suggested it. And now I will keep listening. Okay. So, thank you. Um, what's next? Well, because it is Pride Month, um, I know this is a current, recent—I should say—not current, recent thing. But I thought we could talk about our flag means death, right? Because oh yeah, I'm the only one here who's not watched it yet. I know we are not the oth- the only members but- of the community obsessed
1: with this show. <laughs> um, I-, I think a few other people have seen it. I think,
2: yeah. yeah. So you have a week. I have a week. Watch it. I know. Sydney
0: said, you can't watch a whole season of a show before we <laughs> record next. I said, Sydney, I have nine days to watch ten episodes. I'll watch it in two days. Nope.
2: That would never happen. I watched I... all
0: of Stranger Things season four, volume one in a day. Same.
2: Yeah. We've seen one episode so far. <laughs> well, I have no children, so. Yeah, Yes. same uh all right well thank you again riley you guys should check out not the house of harry it's called harry's house, harry's house. don't get but if you look that up you'll find it <laughs> it'll get the internet will get you there don't worry um <laughs> uh, thank you to maximum fun you should go to maximum org and check out all the great shows there you can tweet at us at still buff. you can email us at still buffering at maximum and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl.
0: I am still buffering.
1: And I I am am too. too.
0: What do you you think music for a pancake restaurant would sound
2: like? It would sound like... I feel like it would oh sound like the braided voice. <laughs> 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 All right. First. It's me, Jackie Kaisha. Man, she's always as bossy. Uh, hi. I'm Lori Kilt-Martin. Uh We're a bunch of stand up comics and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, with both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, Working out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless and I'm unmarried. But child full. So together
1: we make <laughs> one complete woman. Is that just what's going to end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh my God, every episode.
1: It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show. Mondays only on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org.
2: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.